Am I right that it's 245? Oh, I don't know the time. Ch- the, like the current price or like. <laughs> I think I like I like that you. Uh, I l- Hello. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in because I like that the confusion is there about a I stock mean... price versus what episode number of a hundred <laughs> couple hundred episode podcasts we're on. Well, if you'd have said 300, I would have known immediately that's too high for this podcast number, right? Uh, that's true. No, I know that they're down. They are now down below 200. I think it was like 175-ish last I, I checked GME price. Uh, as of the day we are recording this, oh, the, close, yep. the close was 225, and it's okay. down well, after hours. and after hours. Yeah, yeah. 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 Welcome to a podcast about gaming, wherein we have to talk about the stock market. Because gaming now involves the stock market, I guess. You can't can't spell game without GME. I <laughs> dang, Michael. I kind of <laughs> want to die now. <laughs> That's such an awful fun. Uh, one, I'm surprised that wouldn't be on their stock portfolio somewhere. Uh, two. It's kind of a game in its own way, right? It's like a meta uh, it absolutely game. Absolutely uh, We should just get into it, I think, off the bat. And we can talk about other stuff later. Because literally the entire globe is talking about what is happening with GameStop stock. Uh, I mean, there's a whole... I don't, I don't know what's happening. And none of us on this podcast are investment advisors. So let's be clear. Nothing we're going to talk about here is advice. No one should do anything that we say, except maybe us ourselves do what we want. Uh, everybody uh, should do what they want, which uh, may not be a choice that you get depending on what app you use to trade. Yeah. yeah. So this crazy thing kicked off at some point uh, oh, two or three weeks ago, I, I think, someone or a group of someones or something on Reddit realized that, hey, the the stock for GameStop Corporation, uh, ticker symbol GME, was being shorted by a group of hedge funds. Over-shorted. Short, over shorted to the tune of, there, the, the phrase is called the short interest. And the short interest was over a hundred percent of the shares of the stock, and what that means, what a short in general means, is that if you buy, if you say you're going to short a stock, you borrow a share now, sell that share, and are then obligated to later buy a share back. And so you are hoping the price will be lower than what you sold it for, so that you can keep the change, right? The uh, the example I heard from that I thought was really good online uh, involves dresses, but this is a good like sort of concrete way to explain it, right? Say someone owns, like say my friend owns a dress, right? And I think I would love this dress. I want to borrow the dress from them. They're a nice friend of mine. So they say, sure, here, it, take this dress. It's worth $100. Great. I go return the dress to the store and get the $100, right? And I say... You know, I tell my friend, hey, I'll give this dress back to you in a month. They say, great. In a month, I go back to the store, find that the dress is on clearance. Uh, I pay $17 for the dress. I give the dress back to them. 
plus a borrower's fee. Yeah. You know, I, I give them uh, five bucks because they were nice to me uh, for letting <laughs> me borrow the dress, right? And I have now pocketed the difference between the $100 and the $17 plus five that I had to uh, pay for the dress, right? Sure. That is that is how a shorting that is how shorting a stock works essentially. Yeah, without getting into options, yes. Uh, we're not going to talk about options, but yeah. the idea. Oh, well, that's how you get above a hundred percent short interest. Right, and really, all options are is basically saying I'm going to buy. I'm going to pay up front to multiply the effect of the of a single short. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a way to multiply your buying power. But you are still, at the end of the day, obligated to purchase the stock at a price on a date. And if you have obligated yourself to purchase more stock than exists, which is means you know, there are more than 100% of the shares of the stock are shorted, that means at some point, you will have to buy more stock than exists. <laughs> <laughs> Which means, yeah, you know, but there's the contract is still valid. They're still obligated to buy the stock, and that means whoever holds the stock can say, "Well, you have to pay me more for it, right?" Yeah, I I own it. I I'm not going to sell to you for whatever price you want. I, we own all the stock here. You need more of it than we have. We can ask whatever we want to make you fulfill your contract, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is what is called a short squeeze. This is what has happened or happening depending on who you ask. The squeeze comes in with people who were short the stock trying to get away from their position losing money before they get aced out and have to buy at a higher rate, right? And so they buy each other. Uh, no, if you, if you are short, you have to buy the stock. There's no way out, right? Yeah, you have to pay it back. You are obligated to pay mm-hmm. it back. What uh, the forces at play here are people trying to drive the price up to force these people who are short to lose a lot of money <laughs> because they are obligated. Like they must buy the stock. If they, if their contract says I will, I bought this share of GameStop at $8 or whatever, you know, or $5 or you know, however much it was, you know, months ago, they may be obligated now to pay $200 a share. Yeah potentially times many shares because of the way options work. Uh, So it's a very bad scene if you're one of the people who are short this stock, right? Uh, As of the day of this recording, it seems like there have been some coordinated work between various head funds to drive the price down a little bit. Uh, It was up a high of almost $400 at some point, and it's closer to like 150 to 180 to 200, depending on where you look. And what time and exactly it is. Um, but I think regardless, uh, the short positions are still in a lot of trouble. Because $180 is still, let's say, many hundreds of percent more than they want to be paying for those shares. Yeah, so this all came about because a, a group on Reddit decided to... Uh... So Make a group stock on, go up, right? Uh, there's a forum on Reddit called uh, Wall Street Bets, and it's been around for a pretty long time. I have actually been in it for quite a while, just because they post funny memes sometimes. Uh, and 
they it's just like a bunch of people basically being like it is like the definition of people being trolling on the internet right they're just like i dare you to buy a million shares of this company whose stock is worth one penny <laughs> and and people will be like yeah sure that's like a hundred dollars i got that and they'll just do it uh it, it, they do dumb things like this and so someone on there pointed out hey look what they're doing to this gamestop stock i think gamestop is better than this here's reasons why uh i think this is this is garbage people should get together and stop this and uh and then people kind of agreed with this person and then they sort of became very popular and they got some people online involved and elon musk tweeted about it of all people and, i don't like, think the gamestop stock didn't deserve to be where it was entirely let's point out gamestop is not in a good financial position yeah. to begin with no yeah. but they, they were being driven down beyond what and they I, should have been valued at i think it's well, it's hard to know what they should have been valued at because a gamestop you know is a retail physical location based thing right and a lot of those physical spaces are closed due to covid <laughs> and even the ones that are open you know have, are not been doing great like gamestop was huge because malls right no one goes to malls anymore right and used games i mean used games don't exist when all games are free to buy and then have skins totally right yeah uh so the the one of the points the poster was making was like, hey, they've installed this new CEO. This new CEO has been pushing digital sales way more to try and sell like, you know, have GameStop open a digital store to sell games like you can get off Amazon or Steam and things like that, right? Um, which, whether you think that that will actually work or not, is at least a better idea probably than relying on the model they've been doing currently. Uh and so he's like, ah, look, this is an okay idea. These people are driving this company's share price down to like, you know, the goal of these shorts was essentially to drive this stock to zero, right? Like have them declare bankruptcy. In which case then the short people get to keep all the money, right? Stock's worth nothing. Uh, so I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make a value judgment here. I didn't purchase any of this stock because A, I don't have hundreds of dollars and also around in a stock account that i want to throw away potentially you know this is there's a lot going on behind the scenes here that maybe people will uncover in the coming months and years about who some of the people behind this are not all of them are people that are just kind of you joe blow reddit users a lot of them might uh, be I mean, also hedge funders that have used the internet I mean, to their advantage absolutely you don't know, get stuck holding the bag for a meme Right. Think about this, right? Like there are, you know, a large number of retail, like retail investors that invested in this, right? There's data out there that Many. can prove that happened. Uh, over, over something like 70%, 50 to 70%. I can't remember the exact number of Robinhood, which is a brokerage almost. It's an app based brokerage. App based brokerage, but they're not a, yeah, full clearing house or anything like that. Um, it was like 50 to 70% of their users had of this stock in their accounts. But that's just Robinhood users, right? Like how many millions, know, the real, yeah. How many people own GameStop stock total, right? Lots and lots of people. And you know, the, the way it always works is that no matter what happens, 
someone on the stock market is richer than you, has more money than you, and more time than you involved in this, right? So whatever any retail investor does, there's going to be a more sophisticated, whether that's a hedge fund or, you know, some trading group or, you know, an index fund or something like this is out there that those people are going to make more money than you off of the same thing you are doing just because having more money makes you better at the stock market. <laughs> like there's just no way to compete against the total amount of money. And by driving the stock price up, right, there's nothing stopping other hedge funds from coming in and buying the stock also driving it up, right? So like it's not a it's not it is not completely a David and Goliath kind of story here, although there is some aspect of that going on. It's like, oh, congratulations, like they're driving these two or three hedge funds maybe into like losing a ton of money. Meanwhile, 15 other hedge funds have made five billion dollars. Yeah, they're just transferring money between funds. Yeah. And, and, you know, hey, like if at the end of this, you know, it it makes a ton of money for some people. That's great. Right. I've seen posts of people say like, oh, I've sold my GameStop positions and I was able to pay off my credit cards or I was able to, you know, pay back my student loans or, you know, I paid my mom back. There are these things I owed her or whatever. And like, that's what it's good for. Right. Like that is what the stock market should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. In the long run. But, sure. Yeah. But, you know, don't, uh, you know, hold the hold the stock as long as you are capable of holding and being able to lose that money. Right? Yeah. If you're going to play individual stocks, just go into it with the mindset that every penny that you put into an inv- individual stock could disappear tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, like, it, it is a... It is a common saying uh, in the Wall Street Bets forum that uh, people talk about like serious investment advice and, and things, and then someone responds to it with, sir, this is a casino. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not wrong. And they, uh, especially when you do risky things like involve in options trading and it's shorts and, and calls and all these sorts of things, mm-hmm. you are gambling and predicting. And there is no sure answer no matter how smart you are, no matter what you've read, no matter what knowledge you have, there is a chance that you will lose all your money. So if you are willing to lose all that money, <laughs> great. Uh, if not, reconsider what you are doing. Yeah. And and even more to be careful about is the fact that you can not only lose all your money, but go into the negative for way more than you put in in the first place. Especially with shorting, right? Yes. Because of the way... A, a short works right where you have bought the thing it, you have gained your money up front and you have to buy the thing later you don't know what the price will be later <laughs> yeah uh at least if you do the opposite way right like you buy a stock at a cheap price and plan to it to go up there is a theoretical minimum that you can lose right all your money is the most you can lose <laughs> right uh, doing the other way, you can theoretically lose infinite money if the stock price just keeps going up and, you know, it just is always higher Then you just lose more money. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it is a it is gambling in that way, especially if you engage in these sort of options and, and risky trades like this. So, you know, people should be smart and don't do this sort of gambling stuff with money you don't expect to lose. But hey, if you have like money that you've set aside for playing that you don't care about and you want to do this stuff because it seems fun, 
there are worse things you can do for fun than this. You know, I would stock is not as complicated as people make it seem. I think that's the thing I want to impress upon people. You can buy a stock. You person listening to this podcast could buy a stock. It's not that hard. You don't need like a fancy business degree to do this. I have not, I've never taken a business class in my life. I can buy many stocks. You don't need to know a lot of things. It's not special. It's not sacred. It's not like you have to be a genius to do this. You can just buy it and then just hold on to that stock forever. And, you know, it might eventually not be worth very much, but hey, you still have it. You don't lose the money until you sell, right? Yeah. Eventually you do have to sell. So, you know, um, pay, Andrew, if you buy it, you hold forever. Yes, I know. HLD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, right? If it goes into a trust, you could hold forever. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, like literally, that is how most retirement accounts work. The, yeah. the idea is you buy, you put money into the account, they use it to buy stock, they just hold that stock, dividends and, and interest and stuff come in off that stock, they reinvest it in more stock, you put more money in, the amount just grows over time. And then in theory, when you retire, there's a bunch of money there, ignoring the fact that maybe the market crashes or something and you lose <laughs> all your money. But like, that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yep. All right. Um. I just GameStop. find this stuff fascinating. I'm I'm fascinated that they chose GameStop and now they're on silver. And uh I don't I don't believe anyone that says the like the hive mind is moving around and picking these various stocks. Okay. I don't know. A lot of it feels like other people coming in to like manipulate the group of people Absolutely. that are lying around out there. Yeah. Um certainly is Again, like like you say, um, you know, if you want to engage in this kind of like groupthink buying behavior or whatever, um, do so at you know at your own risk. Yeah, just realize that someone has to get stuck holding the bag. Yeah, and you know, sir, this is a casino. <laughs> Unfortunately, unlike the casino, there's really no house, so it's not like you can't like blackjack. You can play odds against one person. You're playing odds against a lot of people. It's more like a... It's like poker, but without the ability to outplay people because you're at the table. Yeah. I don't know the... the, There is no good gambling alternative. It's like... I mean, it's like sports betting on outcomes that you can't really predict, right? Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. Often while uh, sports betting, I've eaten a lot of wings. Do you want to talk about wings? I love chicken wings. Always. I also love chicken wings. Uh, we have we have done the wing minute many a time, and I think that at once all this craziness is over, we will continue the wing minute in person. That should be our celebration, I think. It's been on the books forever. It's just on hold. I know. It's it's so it's so sad. We were close to at the point like where we would get together and do this right before all this COVID stuff happened. Yep. We, we had sauce from the hot ones show that we were going to share on wings with you guys. Uh huh. And now we have eaten all of that. Hot stuff. <laughs> I had pre-made. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Yeah. We still have, we still have some of the, the triple X stuff. Sauce, oh boy. Cause that stuff is hard to eat a lot of that. <laughs> all right. Well, Ooh, some places yeah. have decided to order 
open up digital brands, which I think is a great idea. Hey, my kitchen's doing 10% of its normal service. Why don't we try cooking other things and getting people to come here? Uh, so one of the digital brands near Michael and I, I don't know if you have lazy dog cafes down there. There's mm. one that I know of, but it's far from me. Uh, they've opened up a place called Jolene's wings and beer. The beer of course is from lazy dog. Yep. Sure. They make good beer. Actually their huckleberry IPA is one of the best fruit beers because it just barely tastes like fruit. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean it's it's surprising. You drink it and you're like, this is really refreshing, but not in that like pool beer way where you're kind of done with one after one, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not mm. super fruity like those new seltzers and stuff everybody's trying to do. Uh or like the is it closer to like Hefeweizen style, or would you say it's still well I guess you said it's an IPA, so no. Yeah, it's really I mean it's pretty clear, non hazy stuff but they have a good huckleberry ipa you should try they also do wings <laughs> okay i maintain that rubs are my new favorite on a wing and interestingly this brand uh michael has had it they've, yes. they've taken three different tactics with their wings one is like very heavily sauced one is very lightly sauced, almost like it's a rub, and then they have one actual rub. Hmm. Yeah. I it's okay. Do you just like the rubs because it's easier to clean up? I have a direct answer to that question, and it's no. Okay. I felt like when we ate the saucy saucy one, I finally had an answer to why I like the rub and or Lightly drizzled in sauce, the best. Michael? Okay. The Parmesan wings. Oh, yeah. Their version of the garlic parm? Yes. What'd you think? I felt like I was eating Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> like the Alfredo, like the the pasta topping? Yes, like the pasta topping. They, it, I mean, it's not the same. and It tastes fine when it's hot. Uh, but as they start to cool, it's almost like someone poured a jar of like medium lukewarm Alfredo sauce over the wings. Hmm. So when when we had them, I will say the sauce was not that heavy; it was much lighter. And yet, one of the texts you sent to me was, "I wish there was more sauce," and they listened. Yeah, but even the sauce that there was, the consistency wasn't that thick. Is, oh is yes, what I mean. this was very creamy uh, and mm. thick and. And why one of the reasons I think that even when it's buffalo sauce and it's just drenched on there, I don't mm. want to I, – I felt like I was like just eating sauce. And so they have another – a couple flavors there, but their Kung Pao flavor, very good. Almost okay. like a rub because most of the flavor is coming from like chopped garlic and onions that are stuck to this thing with a very light amount of teriyaki. Very light, like almost not even there. Um, the wing quality is good. It, you know, it come. It really comes down to the how well they cook the chicken. You know, because everyone's a creative chef and they come up with creative flavors. Their chili lime rub was pretty good. Um, a little light actually, but but fine. 
their barbecue sauce you're right was a little bit more on the vinegar side not mm-hmm. barbecue uh whatever the franks or whatever version of that yeah they had. The bu- their buffalo okay it was fine but a little vinegary uh just just a different take but they're all gonna have good flavor and and i would say that their quality of cooking was higher than like a buffalo wild wings they definitely left let the wings maintain some of their moisture but they were so crispy which was good Mm. okay and that's your it sounds very good on air wing review they don't have that many flavors but the cool thing about it is that you can order stuff from the you can order stuff from either restaurant if you just call yeah and then pick it all up together yeah and they'll put it on the same order so we ordered a bunch of cauliflower stuff like buffalo cauliflower from the normal restaurant and some sides from the normal restaurant like uh potatoes or whatever and then because they charge you for oh don't do this carrots and celery are not expensive don't charge yeah that was one of my complaints too don't charge that sucks dude especially because you can just go to the store like your market like local market yeah i buy like a giant amount of small carrots and a ludicrous amount of celery for like four dollars. Yeah, oh, I have a bunch. The, you can buy the already cut ones too for still cheap. Yeah, but... it's what I mean. Like buy like the baby cut carrots. Probably you can buy cut celery and a bottle of ranch, and it's probably less than what you just paid. How much? How much was it, Andrew? Oh, I didn't pay. Are you kidding me? I have baby, baby carrots and celery in the house at all times. Oh, okay. So how much? How much were they charging? Do you remember? Oh, it was like three bucks per, but it was not a lot amount. Amount. Yeah, that that that's cray cray, man. Yeah. Cray. No, no, thank you. I get if they want to charge you to like give you more or something, but no. like just charging up front is sure. That's not, yeah. bananas. It is. It is. They every wing comes as meatless or bone in, or as boneless or bone in. So there's an option for everybody, uh, depending on you know if you're. A stickler for bone in or not. Which I'm sure we've debated on here before. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had a whole thing. <laughs> I'm not going to find uh, that episode number. They're expanding their menu a little bit, Andy. Jolene's is? Yes. Okay. They are, they are trialing this at two of their restaurants right now, apparently. Um, but they are doing uh, pizza sticks. Uh, so like, um, basically cheese sticks, bread sticks loaded with pizza toppings. Okay. Pepperoni. There's a, uh, didn't Little Caesars try this and hot sauce. I don't know. I mean, they've always had their like crazy bread. I don't know. One of the pizza brands has tried this. I mean, if it's good, yeah. it's good. I guess they look tasty. I would, I would try them if they roll them out to all their locations. <laughs> of course, yeah, I could go for more of those kung pao or normal. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them, I was disappointed in that parmesan. It was like I could have put noodles in the leftover sauce and been like, um, what a meal. Mm. Too much. Too thick. Too much. Oh, boy. All right. We got to bounce between uh, news again. 
I think we're gonna be bouncing back and forth because I gotta hit you with two news stories. I'm you're gonna I'm gonna love responses from both of you on one of each. It's both about Google. So who wants to go first with their story? Okay. I'm here. What's up? Okay, <laughs> JJ is going first. All right. JJ. In yes, Australia, hello. Google has decided they will likely shut down their signature search service as they are now being required by Australia. All search engines are now required by Australia to pay news sites for the search results. So they, like uh, Google just won't be available in Australia, is that what you're saying? So Google has be said able to use Google. We 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 oppose this and therefore we will just not operate in in Australia anymore. But like they'll just geoblock the IP addresses of everyone in Australia or like they're just not going to have buildings in Australia anymore. I don't know. I mean, they'll find a way, I guess, that they are not liable for people who use their service, right? Like, you'd have to VPN or something to go get Google because IPs from Australia couldn't use Google, is my guess. That seems pretty crazy. Hmm. I mean, from both ends, I guess, it seems crazy. It does, crazy from both that ends. Google would, Google would pull out, and also crazy that... They want to charge for links. Is that what the the idea is here? The idea is that because Google is making so much money off of being Google, uh, Australia has decided that everyone that links. I'm pretty sure this is how it works. That if I need to, I need to see the article here, man. Okay, what is the, what is the text? All like right, links. Links are property and therefore you own your link or something and they have to pay to use it is that how they're justifying this so they're yeah it's signed uh they're signing deals all over the globe i guess with like publishers to pay them for their news content for the like linked news stories when you click on the news tab you know right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 uh the australian yeah microsoft if care Okay, I was trying to find the exact text. The article that I was saying just says that just Australia is requiring new rules that people who link stuff. Uh, so I'm going to try and find a better article than Market Watch here and see if somebody else explains just, it. You can uh, send me the link and oh. I can find it while you talk. Well, about that's it. okay. I mean, uh, but uh, just in general, you knowing a little bit more about how all this stuff is connected. I mean, it's almost impossible to pay every single little link that comes through on Google as a news thing. How would that even work? I, well, so I, in, a, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not Google. I don't understand how their how their thing works anyway. Uh, and I don't really understand whether they just mean stuff that shows up in the news tab because then they can just like never make the news tab work in Australia, right? Yeah. Or if they mean any time you search. If they mean any time you search, the whole point of search is to be able to find anything and mm-hmm. find the thing that you're looking for. Yep. So if they are required to pay people to look at their stuff to decide if it's the thing that people want, then that is insane. And it just breaks the entire idea of searching anything. <laughs> 
right? Because otherwise, like, ah, I, you have yeah. to pay me to see what the thing I have is. You you don't get to know my website is secret until you pay me. Hmm. That's just like bananas. That's not how the internet works. That's just a fundamental misunderstanding of how the internet works there. If they're talking about the news thing, maybe that's like there could be some kind of justification there that I don't understand that that could maybe work and then just no news ever pops up on Google in Australia, which would also be kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, to answer that question, maybe this answer is that Facebook has threatened to renew, remove news from its news feed. So, I mean, I think that would be a win actually for everyone <laughs> if they just did it and not just in Australia everywhere. But yeah. uh, I mean, Facebook's news is notoriously garbage. So, uh, yeah. Well, it the seems idea like... of links, <laughs> the idea of links is to move traffic around, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, it seems you, like you, Google po- you post a link it. somewhere, and then uh, people see it, and then they go, "Oh, I can click on this and go to your thing." Yeah. If you charge people for that link, then no one is incentivized to click on it. Right. Because right? why wouldn't you just pass through the charge? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it seems to me that Google thinks they can't even operate in Australia based on the way the law is written. Facebook thinks they can just take off their news, which makes some sense, right? You sure. Um, and they also, oh, Facebook says they might even have to pull news links from users' feeds as well. Interesting. Oh, that's pretty it, crazy. It could be a win, though, still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. People are bad at sharing news. It, you know what? Facebook is just bad in general. I wouldn't be sad if this happened to them. But yeah. I think the look and Google's a huge company. I'm sure they'll be fine without Australia. No offense to people in Australia. Um, but I think that probably this law is a bit misguided and doesn't exactly understand yeah, how this it's, works. It's one of those things where things maybe don't understand, right? Yeah. The people that wrote it don't understand. Or someone else wrote it and they never read it, right? But Google showed like, up at your doorstep and said it was bad, and so you said, "Oh no, well I can't listen to Google because they're a mega corporation." It just gets into like the the who's who of what's on, which, who's on which side, and then no one wants to move. Yeah, I mean the, you know, it's a case that I think. Also, Google is only threatening to do this; they haven't actually done it. <laughs> Good point. Which is another thing, right? Well, Facebook says, uh, oh, we'll do this, you guys, we swear. And then, like, look, they implement the law, and then they're like, you've, ah, you've given me a perfect, nah. you've given me a perfect segue here, and I'm going to take it for our next story. Google right. is no stranger to abandonment. Michael, here's yours. Uh-oh, what do you got? So, uh, that Stadia account I know you were jonesing for. <laughs> Google announces today that they will they see Stadia as the future of gaming. Just not their future. However, <laughs> <laughs> while the service will remain live, all 135 studios that they have put under their belt to make original content will be disbanded. Uh that's 135 studios, Andrew. Yeah. I don't think that's what that Oh, is it 135 employees, not in studio? Yeah, I think it's 135 employees. Got it. My bad. Still bad. 
Stadia, we barely knew ye. So, People, Michael, are you going to be running out to grab a Google Stadia device that you maybe or maybe not able to buy at all to play third-party Andrew, games? It's, st- it's still on sale. What do you mean? It's still open. <laughs> they didn't can fire I, any of the executives. I want to know what Michael's going to do. Can I look into shorting some Stadia stock? <laughs> I think I don't <laughs> know which alphabet is that. You have to. You have, you have to, to know short which... all of Google. Unfortunately, Al- Al- nope. alphabet A, B, C, or D class is is in charge of stadia andrew we don't have time to go into the different classes of stock today <laughs> if you want to know what stock classes are about you can write in to us at podcast at we were gamers.com i'm just i'm that. literally just gonna forward that email to somebody else i'm not <laughs> gonna take on stock classes but yeah it, anyway sorry michael yeah i don't know about this one um that it's it seemed like such an ambitious plan for them. Um, and I don't, I still had no idea how they were going to promise on the level of performance that, that they were claiming that you would be able to get from stadia. I just don't ever, I don't ever understand how with current infrastructure, right? Like if they were talking about, well, stadia is only available on our fiber service. Maybe you could get to the point that the response time was close enough for not competitive games. I mean, but I think Google has a pretty big internet presence in general. And if all you need to do is hit servers run by Google, that shouldn't be very hard for most people with decent broadband connections, right? The decent broadband connection part is the problem, of course, in the United States anyway. Yes. But in lots of places around the world, it's not that hard to have good internet. And I think the idea is good. And I think Google could have done it, but it would have required them to like invest more money and like time and <laughs> energy. Yeah, energy. Yeah, good. Point. And, and, and I think vision. And they don't seem to have any of those things. Right. <laughs> It's, it's consistent. It's like the Microsoft of old, uh, and they've abandoned this, thankfully, with maybe a more Disney-like attitude towards their leadership. But like, the winds of change at Google are fickle, and whoever is up this week in whatever news report of 100 most influential people gets more say than others. Versus, you know, at Microsoft or Disney, you know who's in charge. That person says it. And it doesn't change no matter how hard it is. And, like, it seems to me that if you're, if whatever project you launch at Google isn't both, A, immediately popular and, like, wildly popular, right? It has to be both, like, popular when you launch it and then, like, you know, exponentially growing like it's Gmail or something until it takes over the world, right? If you're not on that that trajectory, Google just kills it and says, who cares? I mean, if you're a Google person, email the answer to this question. But what has Google launched recently that has done that? Uh, Phones, one assumes. Phones. I mean, their phones have been around for a decade now. Anything else you got? Uh, I assume the Internet of Thing stuff, like the Nest and those sort of things. I mean, I'm sure they're popular, those. They're Wi-Fi popular. Routers. They're popular-ish. Um, they've had to cull their 
Internet of Things line down a little bit. Some of that stuff wasn't selling. I think they're ending their their security service. Uh, that was part of that. You know, it was all integrated together. Um, the I Google didn't even like sold one of those. I just knew the. I was thinking of like the thermostat specifically. Yeah, yeah, like the thermostat that. which they bought from somebody else. Uh huh. Yeah. And like the Wi-Fi routers specifically. Those are the that only that they two bought from somebody else. Of. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Google buys everything from somebody I else. Know. Like Android, which they bought from somebody else. Like, I know. I know. So that's what I'm wondering is like, where's the internal break the mold? It just goes for Apple too. You know, like what has Apple done? They created a TV network. These companies have gotten so large. They're just like steering barges through a canal. You can't go any direction other than straight. Well, I mean, yeah. Google, they have Alphabet, right? Which has all kinds of other stuff going on, too. Sure, self-driving cars and putting Wi-Fi in metal tankers. I don't I don't know what they're doing. If you know what they're doing. That's what I just said, yes. Uh-huh. We were exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. Please let us know. Speaking of uh, Apple. Uh, that Ted Lasso show is good, by the way. I know neither of you have Apple TV. Nope. Duly noted. But if it graces you in another form than Apple TV that you're willing to view it on, uh, it was good. It was good. I've been uh, I've been enjoying that WandaVision. I know we're not talking about it. We could week, talk about it. You want to talk about it for a minute? I don't know if Michael's caught up. We No, we haven't started yet. Oh, okay. Okay, I have started. Well, if you haven't if you haven't started, we definitely can't. Talk we can't about talk it. about it if you haven't started. Okay. Wait, I can say one thing. What a good show! I <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it as well. I don't know if it's a good show. We won't know if it was a good show until it's over. Is what I have to say about that show. Potentially, yeah. there's a very high potential that it's a good show. There's also a very high potential that it's Agents of Shield. Hey, I'm not bagging on Agents of Shield, Ken. Don't don't come at me. <laughs> uh, or do I mean? Or do. Sure, but uh, that show lost a step in its 98th season or whatever. You know, they they needed, I, uh, they needed yeah, a goal, yeah. and it seems like well, one division might have a goal. Maybe uh, when Michael gets to see some of it, we'll we'll talk about it on here. I am curious to hear more in depth discussions about it because I think there is stuff to talk about cool yeah. well we'll catch up we'll it's discuss good. it it's good does anybody want to hear about anime what's wrong with anime there is nothing wrong with anime i yeah. am able to fulfill a reader request and say i finished one punch season two. Oh, dude oh, nice. awesome was it as good as season one let me get my notes here Oh, that's (laughs) not just yes. I was taking notes. Got it. I didn't take notes uh, until maybe like the last four episodes or so, because I started to develop some pretty conflicting thoughts. And I was trying to rule out in my head whether it was one punch. Season two is good. One punch. Season two might not be. JJ, describe One Punch season one. Uh, to, to Saitama somebody... is a okay. One Punch man. And yeah. He's a superhero. Sure. And he's like incredibly, unbelievably, insanely powerful. 
mm-hmm. but he looks like a dope. Yeah. And he goes around and beats enemies in one punch. That's the thing. Okay. What? Why is that the thing? What are they trying to accomplish there? And what? What should people know so they actually enjoy it about One Punch Season One? Satire, I guess. Yeah, is the reason. Right, yeah. Like it's it's a send up of how ridiculous superheroes and anime like shonen anime gets, where like everyone gets more and more powerful all the time or whatever. This dude Saitama is just like insanely unbelievably overpowered and just no matter how powerful the monster gets he just walks up and boom and the monster's dead (laughs) okay so in that entire description of that show michael did you hear about any heroes other than saitama no it would behoove you to know that there's an entire hero association saitama has a protege and there are about nine million other heroes in that show one Punch yeah. Season 2 uh, is often about every hero except Saitama. I see. Okay. Uh-huh. Being put out of a job? No. No. They use a satire event. I don't know if you remember this from Dragon Ball, either of you. But there's the Dragon Ball Tournament. Like I mean, the, the King of Fighters or whatever it is tournament. I mean, that happens multiple times in various uh, Dragon Ball arcs. Okay, but like there's the big one where I think it's Cell or somebody is like rampaging through Earth at the time that they're having this tournament and nobody at the tournament is going to do anything about it because they're all worried about winning the tournament. Uh, you, okay. There are multiple times where there are big <laughs> tournaments and the world is on the line and like it's anyway, Dragon okay. Balls, we get it. So. <laughs> So I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna monologue on you for a minute, and you can kind of get where I'm going. Maybe they use that about halfway through the season to say, like Saitama has this issue in season one, and and it's a good issue. He's bored, right? He can't. He doesn't enjoy being a hero because he can't be challenged. He there's literally nothing he can do that anyone can do to hurt him, and nothing he has to do except maybe throw two punches when somebody is able to regenerate themselves like they are at the very end of that season one. Right. Uh, so they have the problem of what are we going to do with Saitama in a second season of this show? Because everybody already knows the joke. And so a lot of the show becomes about like, well, how do we write him around, around him or write him out? And so they use the same thing as Dragon Ball and, and to a satirist effect. Right, like they they don't just use it to get rid of him; they use it to make jokes and to to parody Dragon Ball in that instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it effectively removes him from the show and does so for multiple episodes. Um, they do it because they need to focus on other people, and what they do to focus on other people is bring in people like king who's supposedly the the strongest hero in the entire world but he is actually not that strong right he he's just in the right place at the right time in in a krillin kind of way almost like he he's able to defeat people or he has other people defeat people and then he gets the credit for it um Mm. but mentally he's kind of more like a mentor to saitama because he can beat him at video games right so 
he challenges him to video games and, and you start to, to realize that maybe the show is starting to shift in some, in that they want to, yes, they still want to be funny and that, yes, they still want to parody sometimes some stuff, but almost, almost no time this season did I laugh out loud. Like I did multiple times in the first season. Hmm. They introduce a lot of people like they introduce this martial artist who is supposed to be a foil for Saitama in so in saying like he's the best martial artist in the world. No one in the martial arts tournament can beat him. And so he's bored. And the only reason he wanted to show up at the tournament this time was to fight somebody that that didn't end up showing up. And so Saitama has to teach him a lesson and. And there's a lot of introspection about what it means more than the first season to kind of like be a character. And so to give Saitama rivals, they have to bring up characters that are either new or old, give them stories, and then either beat them down and prove that you know, the way they also were doing stuff is wrong. So they're not actually going to show Saitama that he's a, you know, a different way for him to live or they have to build, break them down like they do for some of the S class heroes uh, in the hero association and make them into something else. So, you know, he gets a a rival Mm -hmm. through King at video games where he mentally doesn't have the ability to do anything in the video game except also punch. Right. Right, yeah. He thinks he thinks, "Oh, look, if I'm playing this video game against King, I'm faster than him. I can literally press this button faster than he can do anything and I'll kill him because the block, you know, it does damage through the block and eventually I'll kill him." And King all he has to do is jump. Right? This is the lesson they try to teach him over and over again through like martial arts and all these other things. Right. I'm going to I'm going to finish talking about this and then I'll talk about something else in it. The problem is that they don't end at the end of this season. The The real – and I, I, I think there's a lot of issues people could take with what they expect to have come into in One Punch Season 2 based on One Punch Season 1. I would suggest anyone that ever watched any Shonen, Viz, or any other, you know, Akira Toriyama or whatever, anything, go watch Season 1. I don't know that I would suggest for non-anime fans to go watch season two. And it's because at the end of season two, it's unresolved. There's not, there's like a, there's a whole unresolved bunch of stories, but the main thing that is unresolved is that Saitama doesn't finish learning anything. Right. The arc isn't done. The arc, they don't, if they had finished his arc and said, wow, he's learned he can't he will eventually run into a mental opponent that he can't beat and so this arc was to teach him that it just ends on him not having learned it there's a moment where genos his protege says what do i need in order to become stronger because he lost another fight and saitama's answer again is oh just more power man like you're just not strong and it's like buddy i just spent you know like 11 episodes watching you supposedly learn that that's not the answer. Um, 
So that's, I think, where a lot of people get hung up on why it's not as good as season one. Whereas season one ended on kind of a a funny but good ending where, like, he has that fight and he seems to accept that he may never experience joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole subplot in season two. Like I said, they f- focus on, like... They focus on the other heroes. And so because they focus on the other heroes, they start to focus on the enemies. And so you have the hero association and you have the subplot of the hero association and then the sub subplot in the hero association. Um, And it gets into like, well, the suits are running the show and the heroes should be running the show. And so one of the heroes defects and he becomes a monster, but he's not actually a monster. You have to be a monster to be, it's just like, it gets very convoluted in an anime way and not in like a satire way. Yeah. They, they add in a monster association. The monster association has monsters that are stronger than the S class heroes, but you know, none of them are still any stronger than Saitama. Uh, I don't know. There's a really good beginning of a nemesis that they're creating for him in this, uh, there's another character called uh, Garo who they've created. Who's like a human who wants to become a a hero hunter. And he just goes around hurting heroes and trying to get stronger. Like Saitama's done by fighting monsters. Um, I hope that it doesn't get cheapened in a season three because they'd spend so much time developing him as a villain and it doesn't end, right? He's not removed by the end of this season. That's he's part of the cliffhanger. But there's a there's a sub subplot on the monster side of like oh to become a monster you have to eat these monster cells and it's like wait where did that come from right like in season one some dude ate too much crab and became a monster like where did the jokes go you know what I mean <laughs> like <laughs> like why are we doing this plot like that guy's a bird because he tried to fly too many times off a building right like that's what the joke should be not like oh, you go to the Monster Association and you get monster cells and you eat the... You know, like, this isn't Resident... It's not Resident Evil. It sounds like, Andrew. Yeah. Instead of having fun like they were in the first season and poking fun at things, they took the fun fiction seriously and decided to make an anime based on taking themselves seriously instead of having fun. He... The writer of this is very smart and funny and saw an opportunity that he has created a fictional world that he could then start to explore real stuff in. And so I don't know that I'm going to complain about it because a, I did enjoy myself and I would watch a season three of this because I enjoyed myself, but coming from season one, you're kind of like, I'm a little lost here on what my expectations were, but I don't know what my expectations are. It's almost like what's going to happen when lower decks comes back. Mm-hmm. right like you ended on a real banger like that's the great episode that end of that season and and what do you what do you do do you go a more traditional route and try to shift your show to a, or do you try and make the same joke you know i don't know that i would have the answer to making a successful season two of this show so you know, yeah, okay. he, he he decided to create the world that he created and, and really 
the first five episodes of the season are reminding you that there's this whole world that has been created around this hero association that he creates and then does a really good job of saying like, so look, I created all this stuff and now maybe I think it might have been a bad idea. And so now we're going to explore why it's a bad idea to have this overarching organization in charge of all the hero, you know, like that kind of stuff. Sure. So, you know, he's, it's not, it sounds like there's a lot of world building here. A lot. And they're setting stuff up maybe that is going to pay off here down and, the line, season three or later, right? Yeah, and if you're going to build a world, right, Saitama can't get, be out there killing every single monster. Yeah, you can't just build, you can't build these guys up to have them just instantly die every time right. Saitama shows up, right? Right, exactly, yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> I had to shout out the best line uh, in the sub I wrote it down. Are you ready? My body is ready. So Garo gets uh, cornered in a building. And he's really beaten up. He's fought off S-class heroes. He's like on the verge of dying. He's been cornered by like eight eight superheroes who've all decided they're going to take him down so they can be famous and prove that they're the ones. And they're really good. Like it's a really well-built team. He's he's fought them for a long time. And his challenging moment when he finally realizes how to unlock another level, right? Where he's going to move up in power right now in the middle of this fight. I'm going to butcher you like a butcher. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> 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 I don't know what that's if someone said that to me, I would run. I'm just, I'm just saying like if someone looked at me the way he looks at everybody else in that fight and says, I realized this thing. I'm going to butcher you like a butcher. I'd be like, no, you're not because I'm out of here. It sounds goofy when you say it, but I'm sure the scene is cool. The scene was was cool, <laughs> but it was goof. It was goofy as all get out, man. It was really goofy, right? Because you're in the middle of watching this this hero called Death Gatling unload his Gatling gun on him, and like all this other stuff. They create so many heroes. Oh my god, it's like an unimaginable amount of heroes that he has created for this thing in the background, and and just that's the idea, right? He did all this work, and then. Does he not explore it or does he explore it? And so I don't know. I Shout out, you know, thanks for the email. Tell me to watch it. I enjoyed my time watching it, but I don't know that I could offhand recommend it. Maybe once there's watch... a season three, but they haven't, they haven't even made it yet because of COVID. Yeah. It sounds like the season three is coming maybe this year. Question mark. Yeah. Um, I would watch season two, but I don't have access to the service that it's on, sadly. So, well, that's my uh, fifteen minutes on One Punch season two. I get, it's I I I can't be mad at the guy for wanting to cash in on the popularity of this extremely popular first season of this thing, which I suspect was built only to be a one season thing. And he then, did it as an as a manga first. Sure, and I'm sure the manga continues on and does a bunch of other and stuff. And so, right? yeah, if you don't have to make episodes and you don't have to cut them off so you can release them and make some money, maybe this arc that Saitama's in the middle of makes some sense. But 
uh you know i mean it's it is what it is uh you know i don't know also hold on my last thing uh they should not have changed the music Mm. they should not have changed the music they changed the opening they changed the opening i don't know why uh, every fu- anime does this, dude. Every anime. I know they did it. I know. I know. Every I- anime does it. Every single one. The first season has like a song, okay. and like All maybe right. you like it, maybe you don't. And then you're by the end of the season, you're like, you know what? This song is a bop. I love this song. It's great. Okay, but and I then did- second mm. season now they change it, and you're like, mm. oh, it's gone. Nope. Yeah. Why you do this, man? You know what? Here's we're gonna do we're gonna do a sound test for Michael. You know what hold season on, it is? On. Oh, that's loud. That's loud. Ads. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do a sound test through Michael as the last thing today. Okay, Michael? Okay. You're going to tell us which one is the bop. All right? Go ahead and start that one. I don't know if you can listen to the whole thing. but uh, Yeah, it's like four minutes. Yeah. Just, just get through, you know, like the opening. Maybe 40 seconds. I'm not playing them because they're so loud. <laughs> not playing them on my end. They're so loud. But JJ, you remember the first one? It's, yeah, it's a it's a real guitar slammer. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this guy, dude is like going to low chords. Okay. He's yelling about one punch. No, telling you. Yeah. So you yeah. come from that, and the whole show being about Saitama, right? And this one opens up. JJ, watch that second one and tell me how long it takes you before you even see Saitama. After the opening, I think he's the first thing, and then after that, yeah, he's right there. And then, all right, so he's in that. It's like ten seconds or something. You see another guy, and then he's like in the background. Yeah. But all I these mean, people that are showing up now are not Saitama. Nope. <laughs> it just feels like they they took a good idea and and anime fied it. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. you come into season two and you're like, well, where did the music go and who are all these people? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh get back to the slam and the guitar in season three. That's my two cents. That's yeah, my man. Two cents. I don't know. It, I think, uh, if other anime holds true, they will change one of either the opening or closing credits per sure. season. Of course. So next season they'll change the closing credits. They changed both with this, this again. season. Oh, did they change yeah, both? They changed Interesting. Both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's usually like they change one and they keep it, and then they change the other one the next time, and they do. Yeah. Like I, step oh, I know. I've watched enough Naruto to know the pattern. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you have unanswered questions about One Punch, if you want to clarify for us why Google would possibly black out Australia, uh, or if, you know, man. Give us some hot stock tips. No, don't do that. Don't email me that. (laughs) I mean, I don't want anything. You can can send them. We're not going to do anything with them. I I do not want anything to do with the SEC. Man, please. 
Don't. The SEC won't let me be, or let me be me, or buy GME. <laughs> Keep going. To do. You got to finish it now. No, I don't know the rest <laughs> of the song. That's as far as I got. All right. Uh, where do you do that? Uh, you can do that at podcast at weweregamers.com. That's podcast at weweregamers.com, an email address that we read, and we'll certainly amalgamate your emails together and read and talk about on this show. What a uh, word. Eventually. Good job. Yeah, man. See, this is what happens. All of a sudden, you start talking about stocks, and you just become all erudite. You know all these words. It's great. Mm. Eviscerate uh, yeah. the proletariat. Yeah, man. Let's do that. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which one the proletariat was for a second there. Now then I remembered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, do, please send that. Send us emails. Podcast at WeWereGamers.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on every social media uh, that is out there. We're at We Were Gamers. You can follow us on Google and Apple and Amazon and I don't know, wherever the heck else. Spotify. All of them. Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Check out YouTube, though. Yes. YouTube is very important. And it's great for us if you watch our and listen to our podcast there. There's convenient playlists. It's very helpful. And until uh, next time, when we actually talk about games. Maybe. Yeah, you know, we will. I've been playing some games. So. But no promises, but you know, seems likely that games. I had I had a good amount of notes on One Punch, and I really felt like it should be talked about because we got multiple emails about it. So I'm excited just to go listen to this uh, this One Punch Man uh, season one cover because this is this <laughs> <laughs> cover. Okay, all right. The one you linked is a cover. Is it? Yes. Oh, I grabbed the wrong one. Bummer. That's anyway. so awesome. I mean, it, it should be awesome. You learn. You got enough, man. It's look. Okay. It's not that different. I mean, he if he screams one punch over a guitar, you got it. It's that's what he does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>